This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. I probably had a surprise look at my face. I wasn't paying attention to the countdown. I was trying to get high like a fucking fiend. Because my pot dealer was supposed to bring me some today. Motherfucker forgot about me. Swears, swears he's going to bring it to me tomorrow. That he put it down on his list of shit to do tomorrow. Like, well, that don't help me right now. I'm not high enough for this shit. It's a freaking Tuesday. We got shit to talk about. We're going to revisit the Travis Scott controversy. Because apparently the cops are claiming some bullshit. Saying they got stabbed with fentanyl or some shit. Doubt. We're going to talk about Dave Poitnoy. I think I'm saying his name right. I don't really know that much about him. Apparently he is a serial sexual assaulter. Which sounds about right. He's responded to a... Hit piece... That's what he's calling it. His words, not mine. That Business Insider wrote. Plus, the prosecution has rested its case in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Howard Stern! Looks like he might throw his name into the hat for 2024 because he wants to take on Trump or some shit. We're going to talk about a line you may have heard from right-wingers here a lot lately. That they're giving four hundred and fifty grand to migrants. That's not at all true, by the way. We're, we're going to explain exactly where that four hundred and fifty grand number came from. What it's for. Why right-wingers are full of shit. We're going to talk about this Paul Gozar video that he tweeted out of AOC. We're going to watch it. I'm pretty sure that I've got the original video. Hopefully I don't get taken down for TOS. Plus you're going to hear from Congressman Fred Upton, a Republican, who says he got death threats for voting for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Scientists are saying we are entering a new stage of the pandemic now that children are going to be able to get vaccinated. We're going to talk about the two-month cycle for COVID and what that means going into the holiday season here as apparently we're smack dab in the middle of the downturn of the two-month cycle and we're getting ready to see an uptick in COVID cases, possibly. Because it appears that's what's going on in other parts of the world. Judges ruled that United Airlines can move forward with their vaccine mandate. Plus, we're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg. Apparently hurt Tucker Carlson's feelings by saying the roads are racist. Which, spoiler alert, they are in a lot of instances. Sorry, Tucker. Sorry to hurt your feelings. Starting off tonight... The January 6th committee has issued 10 more subpoenas targeting Trump administration officials. 
This includes Senior Advisor Stephen Miller and Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot issued 10 subpoenas on Tuesday to former members of the Trump administration. This includes uh, West Wing aides and senior officials who were in or around the Oval Office and former President Donald Trump when the riot unfolded on Capitol Hill. They include senior advisor Stephen Miller, known white supremacist Stephen Miller, Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, Personnel Director John McEntee, Deputy Chief of Staff Chris Liddell, and Keith Kellogg, who served as former Vice President Mike Pence's National Security Advisor and was with Trump watching coverage of the riot on television, according to Bob Woodward and Robert Costa's book, Peril. With the latest tranche, the committee has now issued at least... 35 subpoenas as part of its investigation. The panel has asked for documents to be produced by November 23rd and for the recipients to appear for closed-door depositions in late November to mid-December. Now, Trump did make a bid last night to try to block the release of some of the documents that we could be seeing later this week. Trump makes and loses overnight bid to block January 6th investigators. Former President Donald Trump filed an emergency request to a federal judge late Monday night to prevent the National Archives from sending sensitive records to the January 6th committee investigators by Friday. And just after midnight, Judge Tanya Chutkin rejected it, contending the request itself was legally defective and premature. The unusual exchange, which happened in the span of two hours, comes as Chutkin is already considering an earlier request by Trump to prevent Congress from peering into his White House records about his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Trump sued to block the National Archives from turning the records over last month after President Joe Biden declined to assert executive privilege on his behalf. The archives indicated it would turn the papers over to lawmakers by Friday unless a court intervened. Chuckin heard arguments in the suit last week and promised to rule quickly on Trump's initial emergency request, but she seemed inclined to reject it questioning the legal basis for a former president to claim executive privilege over records when the sitting president and Congress disagree. The National Archives has indicated that Trump is seeking to block at least 750 pages out of an initial 1,500 unearthed in response to the January 6th committee's request for records about the former president's effort to overturn the election. Many of those papers are culled from the files of senior Trump aides like Mark Meadows, Stephen Miller, and Patrick Philbin. They also include call and visitor logs. Trump's attorney, Jesse Benal, has issued his second request Monday night asking Chukkin to approve an administrative stay of her own ruling even before she issued it. Now, this ruling we are expecting to get on Wednesday. So Trump is pretty much already admitting he's going to lose this legal battle and is asking for a stay on an appeal to a higher court. So, preemptively asking for a stay on an order that hasn't been issued yet. That's what's going on. 
But now argued Trump would have a chance to appeal her decision before the archives began delivering hundreds of pages to congressional investigators. Vanell also warned Chutkin that if she didn't rule on Trump's first request by Wednesday, he would go immediately to the appeals court and ask it to step in. Now, it seems an awful lot like this motherfucker has something to hide now, doesn't it? In an interest of transparency, I would hope all you right-wingers would be on board with letting us find out exactly what was in these documents. If it was Joe Biden, I'm sure you would be all about releasing the documents. Trump's attorney noted that Thursday is Veterans Day and that the National Archives plans to send Trump's papers to Congress at 6 p.m. on Friday. Unfortunately, now this is probably just an administrative thing. It's the end of the week for them. Unfortunately, a Friday afternoon news dump is always horrible for the news cycle. That's when uh, places release documents that they want to fly under their radar because people are not paying attention to the news on a Friday evening. Not even I am paying attention to the news on a Friday evening because I'm getting ready for the Friday Night Freak Show. Thank you, Battle Opossum. Got to bump up the numbers. But the request baffled legal experts who said judges have no power to preemptively block rulings they haven't issued yet. They noted Chumpkin is already moving on an urgent timeline to consider Trump's initial request and that it was odd for the former president to threaten to go to the appeals court before seeing Chumpkin's decision. I cannot wait to see the documents that get released. And hopefully we are going to be able to peer through them come this weekend. Moving on to the current administration, White House rushes with infrastructure fixes for the U.S. economy. The Biden administration is relying on infrastructure dollars to help fix the clogged boards and blanket the nation with internet access, but a series of initiatives rolled out on Tuesday show that the urgent pace might not be fast enough to address the immediate needs of the economy, coping with a supply chain squeeze and a shift to remote work. What's up, Adam? Stumble on in and and collapse. President Joe Biden spoke with the CEOs of Walmart, Target, UPS, and FedEx on Tuesday, but had to relieve the supply chain challenges as ships are still waiting to dock at some of the country's leading ports. Now, as I had friends point out, you can't have supply chain issues if you buy locally and from local artists. Get a commission done. This is the perfect year to do that. You can't be late for Christmas if you're buying something from somebody local because it's not sitting on a ship off the coast of goddamn California. And I would think after last year where a lot of our friends probably turned their side hustles into actual income, you've got some people you can hit up for some Christmas gifts this year. Now I know, I know, I know. Not likely to have, you know friends that make video games or what have you that you can order for your kids, but it's a good opportunity to shop local. 
Biden received updates from the CEOs on how deliveries are being sped up to ensure that store shelves will be well-stocked this holiday season, according to the White House official. Bloomberg News first reported Biden's conversation with the corporate leaders, yet the concrete policy steps being discussed by the administration show that there is no quick fix to supply chain issues that are still hurting smaller businesses and causing consumers to face higher prices. Nor can the administration build out a national broadband network fast enough as more Americans are pivoting toward remote work. Please, please update my internet over here. I'm supposed to have the best internet in the city, but it keeps dropping out. Speaking of infrastructure, Tucker Carlson got his feelings hurt by something Pete Buttigieg said. Now we're going to listen to. You may have wondered what we're going to listen to Tucker first, and then we're going to actually hear what Buttigieg said. Tucker Carlson from, I believe, last night. What would happen if the dumbest people in the world gathered together in the same room and tried to have a conversation? Well, for one thing, it happens every fucking year. It's called CPAC. The Conservative Political Action Conference. The dumbest fucks walking the planet all gather in a room. And I am pretty sure you have been in attendance many years, Mr. Carlson. Hilarity would ensue happened today. The Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg held a press conference to brag about the new, quote, infrastructure bill that Biden just signed. A highly aggressive know-nothing called April Ryan, who apparently works for some kind of website, asked Buttigieg this question. No, we are not making this up. We pulled the words directly from the transcript. Quote, can you give us the construct of how you will deconstruct the racism that was built into roadways? End quote. Now, in a normal country, if you heard that question, you'd ask the person to repeat the question because obviously you must have misheard what she said. And if she said it again, you would laugh at her because that's truly insane. Roads can't be racist. You can't. They absolutely can, Tucker. It's called redlining. We used roads to separate the white neighborhoods from the black neighborhoods. Are you are you shitting me? We used fucking eminent domain to demolish black neighborhoods and put up these highways. Build racism into a road. Roads are made of sand and gravel and asphalt. Ask any road builder. Roads cannot be racist any more than toasters or sectional couches can be racist. They are inanimate objects. They're not alive. That seems obvious, but apparently Pete Buttigieg didn't know it. Maybe he did know it, but he was afraid to say it. In any case, here's how he responded. I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if... I'm amazed Tucker actually even... ...constructed such that a bus... Played that part. ...black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Here we have news. According to the Department of... Of, tra- of transportation. The secretary overpasses in New York were designed to keep buses of black and Puerto Rican kids from getting to the beach. And yet here's the amazing part. Those yes, that actually happened. Somehow allow that is a documented fact, Tugger. Sounds like magic. How does it work? Well, it's possible the overpasses that Buttigieg referred to are actually drawbridges manned by vigilant bigots with binoculars. Here comes the Puerto Rican bus. Lower the overpass. No, you may no. Laugh, but in a systemically racist country, it's entirely possible. 
or maybe come it's to that the white neighborhoods were closer to the beaches in new york children of color are being herded into unusually tall buses like those top heavy double deckers no. in london that the beatles sang about just to prevent them from reaching the ocean you can't get to the beach in a bus like that and we don't know exactly what's happening no here. it discouraged using the main route that it's morally wrong it's not who we are so thank heaven he's got a trillion dollars to get to the bottom of the racist road problem in this nation. Which is a documented fucking fact. Now, let's hear Buttigieg go over exactly what he's talking about. Because, you know, Tucker only played a small section. Secretary, Secretary Mayor Pete, um, could you give us... Secretary Mayor Pete, if you are going to make fun of that fucking reporter for anything, calling him Secretary Mayor Pete is something to make fun of him for. Um, or make fun of her for. Of Justice 40 with the infrastructure package that's now passed and signed into law. And also, um, can you give us the construct of how you will deconstruct the racism that was built into the roadways that you talked to the Grio earlier when you broke that information with us. Can you talk to us about how that could be deconstructed? For sure, yeah. So the principle of Justice 40 is that at least 40% of the clean investment... By the way, the the overpass thing. Let's go ahead and, and address that. Here. what I was referencing. Robert Moses in his racist parkway explained the story. Robert Moses has ordered engineers to build the Southern state parkways bridges extra low to prevent poor people in buses from using the highway. Bloomberg saying it's a little more complex, but once again, this is fucking Bloomberg. I've always had my doubts about the veracity of the Jim Crow bridge story. There is little question that Moses held patently bigoted views, but to what extent were those prejudices embedded in his public works? Very much so, according to uh, Caro, who described Moses as the most racist human being I have ever really encountered. The evidence is legion, minority neighborhoods bulldozed for urban renewal projects themed details in a Harlan playground, elaborate attempts to discourage non-whites from certain parks and pools. He complained of his work sullied by that scum floating up from Puerto Rico. But Moses was complex. He gave Harlem a glorious pool and play center. Now Jackie Robinson Park, one of the best public... Of course Bloomberg is going to go to bat for this asshole. But that is what... Uh, Buttigieg is referencing that Tucker is just blowing off is like it can't be racist in this bill will go to benefit the communities that are overburdened overburdened and, and underserved so part one of that is defining those those investments that are eligible and that's a lot of it and we're working to map out kind of program by program mode by mode uh, what would qualify for example if we're uh, buying clean buses right how do we make sure not high enough for this shit but also looking at the business opportunity, the jobs that are going to be created, the business. Thank you. That, Thank that you, Curiouser. Uh, for, for the business opportunities it creates. That too, I think. Unfortunately, if you're just joining me, though, I like I still don't have pot. My pot dealer stood me up today. He said he'll be here tomorrow. He promises. I'm on his list. He actually said that. And I'm like, all right, Hall of Notes. So here I go trying to trying to get a hit off of this shit.
Oh no! In the tomorrow, tomorrow. And again, we have a lot of guidance and oversight from the White House since that's an administration-wide initiative. But we know that we've got to build our own internal uh, kind of ways of, of uh, aligning and defining that inside the administration. As to where you do not have to make an emergency run. You know, I, I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact. Unless you just want my chicken parmesan. Highway was built for the purpose of di dividing a white and a black neighborhood. Or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or that would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by. Well, it's too bright in here. God damn. Went into those design choices. Um, I don't think we have anything to lose by confronting that simple reality. And I think we have everything to gain by acknowledging it and then dealing with it, which is why the reconnecting communities, that billion dollars, is something we want to get to work right away uh, uh, putting to work. But that's such a heavy lift. I mean, you have to reconstruct <clears throat> communities that this happened to. As you said, some of these beltways and, and interstates. And but yet we do have something to lose, and that's Tucker Carlson's mind when you call the roads racist. Roadways were built before the Civil Rights Act, before the Voting Rights Act, and were made meant to be racist. But how do you go about redefining and replanning these roadways and communities that are already settled in yeah. um, since then. So what's interesting is it's going to vary by community and we have to listen to the community. Sometimes it really is the case that an overpass went in a certain way that is so harmful that it's got to come down or maybe be put underground. Other times, maybe it's not that way. Maybe the really important thing is to connect across it, to add rather than subtract. And that's where we don't want to impose a one- Unelectable is cool. Answer from here. But when we were out in Syracuse, for example, looking at I-81, we saw the local vision uh, for how they want to get past those divisions. And those local... Somebody shout them out. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Try to meet the spirit of this law. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into Gozar here in a little bit. I'm going to show you guys the video. It's fucking crazy. We're staying on infrastructure right now. We're going to talk about... Fred Upton, Representative Fred Upton, is a Republican. He voted for the infrastructure bill, and apparently he got death threats after voting for the infrastructure bill. So he's on with Anderson Cooper. Oh, we even get we even get a content warning. Are they going to play the voicemail where he got uh, threatened? Here's my content warning. There we go. You were one of 13 House Republicans who voted for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. In the wake of that vote, you've been receiving, I understand, some disturbing phone calls. Um, I, I, I want to play one that your office provided to us. and I just want to play this for our viewers to give you a sen them a sense of what you're getting. Traitor. That's what you are. You're a piece of traitor. I hope you die. I hope everybody in your family dies. You piece of by the way, that is the that is what the comment sections look like before Facebook starts banning people, and then these motherfuckers are like, "Well, I'm being censored." Yeah, because you called somebody a fucking traitor and said you hope their family dies. Voted for dumbass. You're stupider than me. He can't even complete a sentence. You dumb mother traitor piece of piece of trash. Hope you die. Hope your family dies. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait Did he say that Biden is stupider than he is? <laughs> no, no, you're stupider than Biden is. Okay, okay, okay. 
piece of trash. Hope you die. Hope you're. No, 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 Morgan, Morgan. This isn't a basic roads bill. No, it's a socialist takeover of our government. That's the propaganda that their right wing media has been feeding these idiots, which is why they're so fucking pissed off. Your staff dies. You piece of traitor. <laughs> bad diarrhea. This was not an isolated incident. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, get this kind of stuff, but what does it say to you? I mean, about where we are, how concerned are you? It is what my inbox looks like every day. Every day, kids. You know what? It's a real step back. Thank goodness it wasn't a constituent. Uh, but I have a colleague, as you know, that put out the phone numbers of the 13 of us that voted that way. He's talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene put out the phone numbers of the Republicans that voted for the bill. Be glad to defend that vote. And we've been working uh, really since last spring on a bipartisan bill. This is, I think that call, I think he might have been from South Carolina. His own senator, Lindsey Graham, couldn't find a closer confidant of President Trump than Lindsey Graham in, in his four years. Lindsey Graham voted for it. It passed 69 to 30 in the Senate. You're talking logic, motherfucker. These people don't logic. You cannot logic somebody out of a position that they didn't come to rationally to begin with. Now, we had a long history of trying to work together. This is, doesn't change the tax code. It's paid for traditional infrastructure, including broadband uh, roads and highways, which is why the Farm Bureau, the Chamber, the Business Roundtable, uh, home builders uh, all uh, vociferously uh, endorse this. But I'll tell you, it it's a terrible way. You know, we, we've seen civility really downslide here. I'm concerned about my staff. Uh, they're taking these calls. Yeah. They're, they're threats to them. I mean, uh, our offices. I mean, uh, you know, in many cases, and, you know, I started as a congressional aide at what age? You're, you're part of the party that did this. Very disturbing adult uh, language, uh, to say the least, that truly is frightening and uh, a, a real, real bad. The, the, the way it's bad is that it's kind of a giveaway to big corporations and shit, but there, there is some money for actual bridges and roads in there. Yeah, but it's fucking with all of us. <laughs> it's not. It's not just them getting their comeuppance, and they're not even. They're not even getting their comeuppance. The fact that what it was like six different people that were present at the January sixth uh, riot were elected this past week or a week ago. It's it's now a week ago. Fucking shit! Six different people that were present were elected to office. They were president of the January 6th riot. Were elected to office last week. Mark, in, in terms of the civility uh, across the country, as we've seen these uh, issues like this jump. Talk about civility. Oh, yeah, yeah. CNN autoplaying Gozar. Let's go ahead and go to Gozar. He is defending his video. We're going to watch it here in a second. I do have it. If it's still up on Twitter, that's where I pulled it from. Not from Gozar. It's from a like a right-wing watch or reporter put it up. Paul Gozar won't stop defending his anime video that showed him killing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. House Republican leaders won't say whether they will discipline Representative Paul Gozar for sharing a photoshopped anime video. Technically, it would be 
uh, After Effects. They didn't use Photoshop. They used After Effects. Video that depicted him killing Representative, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat. They also haven't said anything publicly criticizing their fellow member of Congress. And Gozar, after more than a day of criticism from Democrats over the video, is sticking with a vigorous defense saying it wasn't meant to espouse violence against anyone, but instead suggesting it symbolically depicts arguments over policy in Congress. This video is truly a symbolic portrayal of a fight over immigration policy, he said in a statement on Tuesday night. He went on to attack uh, Ocasio-Cortez's stance on the issue. Let's let's make our own decision about whether this video is a call for violence or is actually talking about substantive policy. Oh, this is Ron Filpowski reposted it for us. It's no Rick and Two Crows, I can tell you that. I am totally not high enough for this shit. Yeah, I know nothing about anime, so I, I don't get any of the references. I've heard good things about Attack on Titan. I've got I've got a friend that's really into anime. He's got kids, and they watch anime. I I can't believe a sitting member of Congress posted that. A Republican source told BuzzFeed News that House GOP leadership had reached out to Gozar's office and asked that he release a statement, but it was not clear if uh, what the lawmaker put out was what they had in mind. Um, I'm assuming the audience for this is the incels that the right is courting as voters. The roughly minute and a half video is a take on Attack on Titan, a popular anime series where the protagonists try to save the world from giant titans who eat humans. Gozar posted an altered clip on Monday that shows an anime version of himself gliding through the air with swords attacking a giant who has uh, Ocasio-Cortez's face. Seconds later, the same character wields his sword at a Joe Biden-like character. Republicans representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert also make an appearance in the video as giant battling heroes. Twitter flagged the post for hateful content on Tuesday. Ocasio-Cortez responded to the post late Monday night. 
predicting Republican leadership would be silent in response. And, well, so while I was en route to, I get to do it again. Here you go, guys. Glass cow, a creepy member I work with who fundraises for neo-Nazi groups, shared a fantasy video of him killing me and he'll face no consequences because GOP leaders cheers him on with excuses. Fun Monday, well, back to work because uh, institutions don't protect women of color. Gozar's office did not respond to a request for a comment, but a spokesperson from his office said in a statement to the Washington Post, it's a cartoon, relax. Now, Paul Gozar's sister had a different take on on things. Yes, Allison, it definitely is getting worse because no one, no one holds him accountable. Not Kevin McCarthy, not uh, uh, Senate Leader Mitch McConnell, not Senate Leader Chuck Schumer, not Speaker Nancy Pelosi, not Attorney General Merrick Garland. No one holds him accountable. And that, this is something that I have to openly wonder. Does he have to act on it himself before we believe that he is an absolute, he's a sociopath? And what's more, we know from everything we have seen, and certainly Attorney General Garden has seen much more of it than I, that there is evidence to show he was in a conspiracy to commit treason against the United States of America. Where is the accountability? Yes, Allison, it definitely... So that's Paul Gozar's sister... Yes, curious sir. Thomas Jefferson started a newspaper to call someone a hermaphrodite. That's a real thing. It wasn't quite a hermaphrodite. It was. It was actually kind of witty the way he said it. Uh, hold on, let me look up the quote. I'll butcher it if I try to do it all, uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was Adams. In the election of 1800, Jefferson called Adams a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who's a hideous hermaphroditic character with neither the force and fitness of a man nor the gentleness or sensibility of a woman. I knew it was somehow he was he was saying he had all the bad qualities of a hermaphrodite, not the good qualities. <laughs> In the election of 1800, Thomas Jefferson Called John Adams a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who is a hideous hermaphroditic character with neither the force and fitness of a man nor the gentleness or sensibility of a woman. I always like to bring that up when people talk about, you know, how we've devolved in our politics. Uh, there was a um, there was another clip, and I was watching it as I was getting ready to go on, where um, 
someone on CNN was talking about uh, Kathy Griffin and comparing it and like, well, Kathy Griffin was a comedian. Paul Gozar is not a comedian. But like, Kathy Griffin got a visit from Secret Service just like Paul Gozar apparently did. Fucking Aaron Rodgers. I love how the right is going to champion me and the left is going to cancel me. Notice how it's Americans or Young Americans for Liberty is sharing this picture out. Because, yes, it's the right championing him. Apparently the White House has condemned Gozar now. What the What the fuck? Okay, I'll just read you the headline because I can't read you the story. Uh, A judge in Texas has ruled that United Airlines can proceed with their vaccine mandate. So there you go. That was the story that won't come up. But now here's an even better story. My internet's working. Like, come on. A lawmaker is unable to attend his anti-vaccine rally because he caught COVID. A North Dakota lawmaker and an organizer of a rally on Monday to oppose COVID-19 vaccine mandates is infected with the coronavirus and won't be able to attend the event. Republican Representative Jeff Hooverson posted on Facebook on Sunday that he was quarantining and each day is getting better. Uh, the Minot lawmaker, or is it Minnow, uh, said he is taking the deworming drug ivermectin because, of course, he is. You guys are smart, so I don't need to tell you. Do not take the horse paste. And he is not checked into a hospital. COVID is real and like a really bad flu, Hooverson wrote. Hooverson, a pastor, told the Associated Press that he was diagnosed last week. I'm feeling rough, he said on Monday, but this ivermectin is keeping me out of the hospital. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? Ivermectin is designed to fight parasitic infections in horses. Uh, that's not exactly true. It, it can be prescribed for humans, but when prescribed for humans, it is also an antiparasitic. You will be prescribed it if you have worms. Its most common usage is in livestock. Conservative commentators have promoted it as a treatment for COVID-19, despite a lack of conclusive evidence that it helps. No conclusive evidence that it helps. There was one trial where in a Petri dish, it worked as an antiviral on like Zika or some shit. North Dakota legislator returned to Bismarck on Monday for a special five-day session during which a bill to prevent vaccine mandates will almost certainly gain approval. House Majority Leader Chet Polert. This is the most North Dakota name I've ever heard. Chet Polert said Hooverson could participate remotely. North Dakota's Republican leadership and GOP Governor Doug Burgum 
have said they oppose such mandates and the state has joined a federal lawsuit challenging President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine rules. Although Hooverson will not attend the rally at North Dakota's State House, he said three of his teenage children will be there. Meanwhile, while we're on the topic of vaccination, unvaccinated Texans, and this is this is the case the entire country over, we are having reports of breakthrough cases from, this has to be like a fucking, what's the browser I'm using? It's Windows fucking browser, Internet Explorer or Edge or whatever the fuck it's called. It's being slow tonight. Unvaccinated Texans make up the vast majority of COVID-19 cases and deaths in 2021. New data from the Texas Health Department released on Monday proves what health officials have been trying to tell vaccine-hesitant Texans for months. The COVID-19 vaccine dramatically prevents death and is the best tool to prevent transmission of the deadly virus. Now, just to clarify, people that have been vaccinated can still transmit the virus, But it's a much, much smaller window. You're not likely to be sick for near as long. So the ability to transmit drastic go down, as Scott Steiner would say. Out of nearly 29,000 Texans who have died from uh, COVID-related illnesses since mid-January, only 8% of them were fully vaccinated against the virus, according to a report detailing the Texas Department of State health services findings and more than half of those deaths among vaccinated people were among Texans older than 75 the age group that is most vulnerable to the virus we've known for a while that vaccines were going to have a protective effect on a large segment of the population by looking at our own population and seeing what the impact of the vaccines have been on that population, we're hoping just to be able to reach people here in Texas and show them the difference that being fully vaccinated can make in their lives and for their communities. This is according to Dr. Jennifer Shuford, the state epidemiologist. Now, Some health experts are saying that we are reaching a new phase of the pandemic now that we are vaccinating children. I ain't got no kids. Fuck your kids. Not literally. Don't literally fuck kids. That will get you in trouble. But I have been encouraged by seeing a lot of my friends with children getting their children vaccinated The child vaccines. We enter a new phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is a Op-ed by Dr. Amesh Adalja. We marks the beginning of a new phase of COVID-19 pandemic. Now over 90% of the population in the United States are eligible for vaccination. The Pfizer Biotech has received an emergency use authorization for the use of their vaccine in 5 to 11-year-olds. The vaccine rollout in this age group appears to finally correct one specific thing that was sorely missing in the vaccine rollout for those above the age of 12. Primary care physicians are included. Hell yeah, unelectable. 
In the early days of the COVID-19 vaccination, vaccines were mostly administered at clinics and hospitals, pharmacies, mass vaccination sites, and community centers. This is an incredibly efficient way to vaccinate large swaths of the population, but it is not conducive to a one-on-one discussion with patients who may have legitimate questions on the vaccines that deserve an answer. I hadn't thought about that. That is a very good point. For many people, primary care physicians can help field such questions as they hopefully have a trusting and long-standing relationship with their patients. Another, another reason we need to move to a Medicare for All system so that people actually have a relationship with a doctor. A lot of people my age don't have a relationship with a doctor because we don't have a fucking primary care physician because we don't have goddamn insurance. It's quite possible that if we lived in a system where people did have access to a doctor daily, I'm not daily, on regularly, we wouldn't be in this situation where so many people are vaccine hesitant. I I guess core because that was that was what they were talking about like the rollout was effective for vaccinating mass swabs at once. You would have thought that we would have sent them to primary care physicians as well as the clinics and vaccination sites. In fact, as a doctor myself, I do much better at answering questions one-on-one with vaccine-hesitant people than trying to reach vaccine-hesitant people through sharing important messages with the media. For the pediatric population and their parents, this is even more important. Enlisting uh, pediatricians and family medicine physicians will likely be very fruitful, and we still have time to replicate this model with adult primary providers. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very familiar with how the vaccine rollout went in other countries. But that goes back to another thing I always thought the IP should have been released. I don't think these companies should be able to have a monopoly on producing the vaccines. Speaking of new stage of the pandemic, I've been keeping a close eye on data from the UK because we lack or we lag about two months behind the UK and cases are starting to creep back up there and it looks like there is some science behind this pandemic that seems so wildly unpredictable at first has settled into a pattern we're reading from uh, the medical university of South Carolina here and this week's 28% decrease, this was a couple of weeks ago when this was published. And this week's 28% decrease in COVID cases in the Tri-County area appears to be part of it. There is this weird two-month thing that goes on. We all picked it up, said Michael Sweet, PhD. I'm sorry, Michael Sweat. Leader of the Medical University of South Carolina's COVID-19 tracking team. Referring to his fellow scientists, I mean, it's like every time when you get a wave, it goes up, peaks, and declines in about two months. Apparently, uh, in Australia, it's more open to primary care physicians having vaccines. I have... 
we would love to hear your perspective on what's going on in Australia because according to the American right wing, you guys are like, you got a Hitler going on. They're doing like two or three Hitlers a day and you guys are, are being shot in the streets. That's, that's what the American right wing is saying about what's going on in Australia. That, that, that tyranny has come. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yes, you should laugh out loud at that. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Maybe one night I'll have to do a whole segment on it. About, about like all the shit that the right wingers are saying about Australia right now. Just search out like Prager, TPUSA, uh, Charlie Kirk has been big on it. But hey, right wingers. Yes, there's there's like a Hitler or two going on every day, according to the right wingers. The Aussies are living under complete tyranny. But I mean, right-wing propaganda? Lying to you? No. No way. You guys may have seen this story about how the government is going to be paying migrants 450 grand coming across the border. That's not exactly true. Yes, yes, Candace Owens is one of them that's been big on it. I've been I've been wanting to cover this story because like this has been going on for like a week or two now talking about these 450 grand payments. Lawmakers are demanding be- answers tonight. It is being misrepresented by right-wing media and like let's see if Brett Baer corrects it or if he goes along with the bullshit. Over the news that the Biden administration is pursuing a controversial plan to pay millions of dollars to illegal immigrants who were separated from their families as they attempted to cross into the U.S. White House correspondent Peter Ducey asked the first question about that to President Biden. He has an update tonight. President Biden was against cash payments for illegal immigrants. That's not going to happen. As Biden officials defend money for illegals separated from family members under the Trump administration. We're in this place that we are today is because we had an administration that had an inhumane, immoral policy. Yeah, they're not. They're just saying that, like, they're acting like they're just wanting to pay migrants money. But that's not what's going on. That was taking babies away from their families. The families of the migrants have sued because the country broke the law. And the government is wanting to settle with them. From their mothers. Republicans see a flip-flop or worse. Many times President Biden tells us one thing that doesn't seem to be truthful with his own administration taking action for another. GOP Senators Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley write to the Attorney General, any settlements to illegal aliens because they violated the law are wrong. These kind of settlements are offensive to the American people. You've got No, 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 no. The migrants didn't violate the law. The U.S. government did. The Trump administration are the ones that violated the law. That's why we're talking about settling their lawsuits. Read the fine print and will flood the border. We talk about push and pull factors. I'm worried about yeah. the pull factors. The whole message will never go out. It'll just be that illegal aliens got paid $450,000 a piece after they got to the U.S. For now, this no, no, 
who broke the law to enter. There is a long line to get into. The country broke the law. Discussion about giving people who are coming here as a right. This isn't just throwing money. They sued because the Trump administration broke the law. I don't understand the, the, the question. What is the, you're saying that we should give immigrants. we should we should give people just money who are coming through? I don't understand the question. You're giving people who immigrated here illegally. Money. No, no, no. They they are winning that in court. That's the part. The reason why we're talking about 450 grand settlement. We thought we were going to hear from the president again today because he told us that he was going to. It's because the government's going to lose. His spending bills, but that hasn't happened yet. He's also set to go to his beach house in Delaware today, but we don't know if that's going to happen anymore either. It doesn't seem like Democrats around here or on Capitol Hill really know what to expect next. Brett? You know, Peter, there's another story that's raising some eyebrows. Uh, FBI activity tied to a diary stolen from the president's daughter, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even mentioned that. Like, that's a wild story that I heard on, like, Maddow the other day. Fucking, um, Joe Biden's daughter had her diary stolen, apparently, by somebody from Project Veritas. And Project Veritas didn't publish it, but gave it off to some other right-wing site that did publish the contents of the diary. And, uh... Project Veritas has had their offices and a couple of the staff members who work for them have been raided by the FBI in connection to this. But I want to go back I want to go back to this cash payment thing. Senior White House advisor Cedric Richmond said Sunday that whether immigrant families separated at the U.S.-Mexico border receive monetary settlements. Settlements. This is because they are suing. Why isn't it, like even Politico, isn't really coming out and saying what this is about? And how much will be up to the Justice Department to decide? In an interview with Fox News Sunday, Richmond also blasted the argument that the government payments to families separated under the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy could incentivize more people to illegally cross the southern border. Richmond's comments come after President Joe Biden backed the possibility of compensation for immigrants who lost children at the border. Biden on Saturday said parents who lost children deserve some kind of compensation no matter what the circumstances and slammed the Trump administration for outrageous behavior on immigration. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reported last month that the Justice, Health, and Human Services and Homeland Security Departments are considering an estimated payments of $450,000 per person to immigrant families separated at the border that had their children stolen! Biden dismissed the report last week, telling reporters Wednesday that the 450 grand payments are not going to happen. The White House later said that Biden was specifically reacting to the dollar figure and is perfectly comfortable with a settlement with families now in litigation with the U.S. Like, now in litigation with the U.S. government. Why are none of these news stories framing this in the way it should be framed? They are suing the U.S. government for violating the law. And the reason the Justice Department is talking about settling is because they're gonna goddamn win! (laughs) 
Yes, 450 grand per person that had their children stolen. Um, a lot of them haven't been reunited with their kids that they were placed into foster care or they've been lost. We lost a bunch of children during the Trump administration. Lost them. Lost them. And we know, we know about ICE and CPB and their connections to the human trafficking rings. So, draw your own conclusions about that. Meanwhile, the right-wing media is... Latching on to this whole Durham probe. This is a report from Town Hall, which is an idiotic fucking website full of right-wing nonsense. The Durham probe just reached into the Biden White House. Now, I'm almost certain I'm correct in saying this. This one lawyer... That said he didn't have any connection to Hillary Clinton. That's the only motherfucker that's going to be charged in all this shit. And it was something he lied about in like 2008. About his connection to, to Hillary Clinton. And it ended up that he was actually in consultation with her campaign or something. In September, Special Counsel John Durham announced former Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman was indicted by a grand jury for lying to the FBI. The charge in the indictment stems from a set of allegations brought by Sussman to the FBI related to an alleged secret channel of communications between the Trump Organization and a Russian bank. As alleged in the indictment on September 19th, 2016, Sus- I'm sorry, 2016, I, I, I said 2018, a lawyer at a large international law firm met with the FBI General Counsel at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., Sussman had requested the meeting to provide the general counsel with certain data files and white papers that allegedly demonstrated a covert communications channel between the Trump Organization and a Russian-based bank. Sussman, who had previously represented the Democratic National Committee in connection with a cyber hack, falsely stated to the general counsel that he was not bringing these allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. This false representation led the general counsel to understand that Sussman was providing information as a good citizen rather than a paid advocate or political operative. In fact, Sussman assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two clients, including a U.S. technology executive and the Clinton presidential campaign. That's all. That's all this fucking is. But the right is running with it and saying like, oh, the whole Russian dossier thing is bullshit. It's been debunked now. It's all falling apart. And how and how does this reach into the Biden White House exactly? According to Jake Gibson, the advisor was Jake Sullivan. Currently serves as President Joe Biden's national security advisor. What? Oh, okay, okay. The indictment says on or about September 15th, 2016, campaign lawyer one exchanged emails with the Clinton campaign's campaign manager, communications director, and foreign policy advisor. That foreign policy advisor is Jake Sullivan. But basically, dude shared his opposition research with the foreign policy advisor. And the dude is now Joe Biden's national security advisor. Once again, the only thing he misrepresented to the FBI, the only charge he has been charged with is lying about his connection to Hillary Clinton. 
I still, anytime anybody says Russiagate, I want to know exactly what you mean by Russiagate. Because I will show you the Senate Intelligence Committee reports. I'll show you the Mueller report. And what they say exactly. I want to know what the claims are when people say Russiagate. Because I... I don't fucking watch cable news other than the shit that I watch on this show. I don't know what goddamn pundits are saying. I don't know what people mean when they say Russiagate. I need need a precising definition. But Gutfield! Gonna have a field day. Happy Super Duper Monday, America. What a glorious weekend we shared. What did you do with that extra hour? Well, Pete Hegseth is here tonight, huh? There he is. Gorgeous. Let's see. It's so patriotic. How'd you spend that extra hour, Pete Hegseth? I don't know what Russian Gate is. Such a patriot that when he bangs his head, he sees stars and stripes. Amen. And when he poops, it's red, white, and P.U. <laughs> to the monologue, where it's time for... The biggest, most insane story that no one is covering because it no longer serves a use as a phony smear against political enemies. Gotta shorten these titles. So it's 2021, and this monologue is on the Steele dossier. Like a birthmark, this story never, ever goes away. Is that my fault? No. I would much prefer- It never goes away, but no one's covering it, even though I saw every goddamn right-wing news outlet cover it. I prefer to do something on Joe Biden breaking wind at the climate summit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they say he pooped himself, they say he broke wind, apparently, like, the Duchess of Sussex or whatever the fuck, I don't even know their stupid-ass titles. Somebody that considers themselves royalty said that Biden farted while she was shaking hands with him or some shit. Boy, right-wing media's had a filled day with that. Poop jokes. The was so hot, Greta Thunberg asked him to stand in front of a windmill. But look, that fart was the only honest thing to come out of Joe since he became president. Too easy. Too easy. Don't applaud. No, we don't have enough time for the applause. Okay, applaud. Wait, wait. But that's why that story was my first choice. But now, unfortunately, it's number two. (laughs) I'm not beneath anything. Nope. And why? Because now the legacy media is smothering the dossier story like it's a bedridden ant with a lot of money. But here, we're different. See, the dossier hoax is like spending the holidays with your parents. It's as important as it is soul-crushing. Because that one false manufactured story guided nearly everything the media focused on for over four years. And when we made fun of it, Uh... like we were in denial when, in fact, it was them all along. So we need to settle a score. By the way, something like 70% of the dossier has been verified now. Sisters of the poor. Like it was true. So first, a recap. The Steele dossier was an anti-Trump conspiracy theory. The more salacious details, like the P-tape, haven't been verified. Russian smear buffet. All he needed was Boris, Natasha, and a bowl filled with poisoned borscht. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence community. The dossier, in fact, is far from bogus. I think we're going to actually have to stop calling it the infamous dossier. Mm -hmm. Increasingly, it's the accurate dossier. famous dossier, which is getting a lot more credibility now. The Republican claim today was that the dossier has been increasingly discredited. 
That's not true in terms of the public record about the dossier. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Uh, they have so much egg on their face, their eyeballs need Lipitor. <laughs> Still bigger than Watergate, though. What we are watching in the Trump presidency is worse than Watergate. I keep getting asked, are there echoes of Watergate in this? And there are. We're also witnessing something we did not see in Watergate, which is a meltdown by a president who is demonstrably unhinged. What we're seeing uh, is worse. I fuck you were there, Bernstein. Nixon had a meltdown. What are you talking about? Success. It's on tape. But it's been 50 years almost. That's like me bragging about the time I got a Lego stuck up my nose. That was 50 years ago, too. But I'm not on CNN comparing everything to that. Yes, the egg cholesterol thing has been debunked. Then there's Rachel, whose brain snapped in 2016 like a Stella Doro breadstick. This guy Kalimnik keeps turning up again and again. Constantine Kalimnik, Constantine Kalimnik, Constantine Kalimnik, Constantine Kalimnik. He's still Russian military intelligence. Kalimnik, a short man who goes by Kostya. This guy Constantine Kalimnik. A short man. Constantine Kalimnik for espionage. This guy Constantine Kalimnik is the key that unlocks But that- what did they get wrong? What was wrong? I don't know. Supercuts dropped their clipper cut from 28. This is one of the things, this is one of the reasons why I hate the he said she said shit. But the, anyway, the Steele dossier was hyped more than the Fox Patriot Awards at the Villages. <laughs> I know it. You know. But it turns out it was fake. How fake? Red meat multiple choice test. Yeah, the dossier was as fake as A, Kamala's laugh. B, our president's teeth. C, Hillary's smile. D, the Clinton marriage. <laughs> And bonus option, it's as fake as the urine Kat supplies for her weekly drug test. <laughs> it's the first sample they've seen that was... Why co- is he always picking on her? <laughs> I feel sorry for her. Please write down your choice on the back of a cereal box and mail it to Joe Scarborough, care of Bellevue Hospital. <laughs> now, the new indictments coming out from special counsel John Durham are even crazier. By the way, what is with this picture? Indictments? It's only one. The only picture ever taken of John Durham? Could he look any more like a German U-boat commander? The scary thing is, that's his sixth grade class picture. And why isn't he playing the lead in the life and times of Wilford Brimley? Well, if you're if you're the if you're the straight man on the show, you should probably be self-deprecating and let your guests. Doesn't he take shots familiar? at you, not not you take shots at your guests. Right. Enough at his expense. So the indictment offers lots of new evidence, revealing the Steele's key source involved a shady guy named Igor. Igor made false statements to the FBI about his role in supplying the gossipy smears to Steele. Steele was that former British spy who worked for Fusion GPS. He's like 007, if that stood for his IQ. So was this the ticking time bomb we were promised by every blue checker on Twitter from 2016 up to 2020? Well, it was indeed a bombshell, except it went boom, boom all over them. And because of that, the story sinks like a Gambino member wearing cement shoes. Never to be seen, except on this show. Notice how he never talks about the substance of the claims. Stubfeld, we care about the truth and latex goods and also leather. We care about leather and latex goods. Mostly. 
So Igor, on behalf of Hillary, helped plant the lies to fuel the collusion fairy tale, as the FBI, FBI also used Steele's work to obtain surveillance warrants. Yet, as Igor confesses, it was all based on booze-fueled hearsay from friends. Which not is, all. Not all. A couple of claims. That's how I found out that Bigfoot had impregnated the Loch Ness Monster. Let me, let me, let me clarify that this dossier was this whole fucking opposition research thing where they documented all kinds of shit. And that, yes, there were some outlandish claims, salacious things, but that's their job in putting together an opposition research on an opponent like Donald Trump. Of course, you're going to have some outlandish goddamn claims in there. Like, uh, they're, they're even misrepresenting exactly what the dossier was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be this concrete evidence of shit against Trump. I'm sure that there was a, because these were intelligence people putting this together, I'm sure there was a, a, a like a scale of confidence that they had in each of the claims in the document. Kind of like a doctor would be like, you know, I say this with, you know, blah, 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 is this percentage effective? A intelligence analyst would be like, we say this with 60% confidence that this is true. And that's the way the dossier was treated. Monster to give birth to Carrot Top. <laughs> that's all my research. But then his real source, which was another Democratic hack, a guy whose only connection to the Kremlin is the bottle of Russian dressing in the fridge. My wife has more of a connection to Moscow. It's the poster of a show. Maybe he likes Reuben sandwiches, motherfucker. In other words, this whole thing was a hoax. A malicious deception like cat's extensions. <laughs> and much like all the other hoaxes we've heard, the fine people lie, the injecting bleach, Covington, Kavanaugh. CRT doesn't exist, but white supremacy does. Well, I feel what? like I wrote an outline for a new Fox Nation series. <laughs> hosted by Diamond and Silk. But this dossier smear was oh god way an election claiming Trump was don't give them ideas power of blackmail. So is the media admitting to their huge error now? Of course not. The story is too huge to admit it being false, and that's why the hugest story on earth must vanish. Because it's not simply the media admitting to being wrong; it's admitting to being fundamentally deluded for over four years. And if there's any guiding principle to today's legacy journalism, that's it. Period. I'm assuming that all the major news outlets covered the story of the indictment. They just didn't beat a dead horse the way Gutfeld did because it's not politically expedient for them. Because he has no choice. He's tall. My massive sidekick and the NWA World Television Champion, Tyrus. I used to really like Tyrus, too. There, I thought the WWE did him wrong. You enjoy your, uh, your weekend with the extra hour? Always. Yeah, you were super Oh, pissed. yeah, it's a morning show dream. Yeah, it is. It's Daylight savings. You stuff. get that extra. Everyone else hates it. I love yeah. it. Cat just sees it as another hour of blacking oh, out. Oh, I get drunk all the time, yeah. <laughs> I love drinking. Drugs. <laughs> I got it right, right? That's yeah, you got it right. That's you, where you were going with that? Yes, I was. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, all right. Surprising I could figure that out because of all the drugs I'm on. <laughs> Do you, or is is that just something Gutfeld has assigned to you, ma'am? Always controls the spigot, and they design what narrative they want or don't want. Uh, of course they do. I mean, Ironic coming from somebody on Fox News. I would say there's more evidence for the moon landing being faked mm. 
more evidence for 9-11 being an inside job and more evidence for Epstein killing himself mm. than there is of the Russian collusion. Interesting. Really? I mean, when you step you step back and look at the evidence that Durham, as goofy as he may look, is presenting. You've got Igor and Olga. Yes. Olga's the other source, along with uh, uh, this Charles Dolan. Right. All of which are now admitting every aspect of it was hearsay while drunk. Right. Or Dolan said this is a uh, – he had a GOP friend who was telling these things. Then yeah. once pressed, he said – I don't actually have a, geo, a Republican friend at all that told me these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as they actually asked him the question of where they got the information, they admit it. Yet, as, as Donald Trump said, and he's right, where's the, where, are they going to revoke any Pulitzers for this? No, they're not. They're not. Of course they're not. I, the, what Nothing. I got from you is... Who got a Pulitzer for the Steele dossier? actually happened. I might... I do. <laughs> well... Yeah, you think I'm, Epstein killed himself? <laughs> uh... No, <laughs> I'm saying there's more evidence that he did than there is that all right, all Trump right, right. colluded with Russia. The duality right. of he was being sarcastic. I was trying. Yes. I know. I'm just I I No, but I, I, I the, the, your, your sarcasm about the moon landing was noted. So you do believe it happened. I do. Which is so. And he believes that silly. But we, we got, Epstein killed himself. That was the point I was getting at. Uh, Steve, this is not I, I, this is not about Trump. This is not a Trump story. This is a media story. And because we're in the media, we are so quick to move on to things. We're not even talking about Afghanistan. That was what a month ago, maybe. It's it's, it's the media, but also the way that they're all it, the establishment. I know that's a phrase. Everyone's all oh, the establishment, the mm. deep, but they are all the same thing. You and you motherfuckers are the establishment. You're, you're conservatives because you're wanting to conserve the status quo. Fiona Hill yes. turns up in the middle of this story. Do you remember Fiona Hill? Yes, She was course. like the star witness in the Ukraine. Didn't she have that one song in the she 90s about being a criminal? She's the one that introduced them in the first place. Right. She's the one that introduced the Russian to Dolan to whatever. She's really good. I'll, I listen to her new album. It's, it's excellent. White House. I like Fiona Apple. Way that all these people Bad joke on my part. Completely connected. And now mm. she's running around as the kind of hero of the anti-Trump yeah. Resistant, this fanatic, she's got a book out. She's, when she's promoting her book, she's literally saying, if Trump wins again, it's the end of democracy. This is the, the key point that ma- this makes me think of. Is like, they run around saying, you undermine democracy all the time. They're the ones. Well, I mean, you guys do! They didn't like the result, so they went about trying to overturn it. And yet they get to accuse... Of course. I no, no Democrat tried to overturn the 2016 election. Fuck! No Democrat tried to overturn the tw- the 2000 election where they legitimately fucking won. I wish, I wish the Democratic Party was the Democratic Party that lives in these fuckers' heads. I really do. Holy shit. It's on our short attention spans. It's like, so you can talk about January 6th forever as long as you don't remember all of this yes, stuff that exactly. happened before. And, they, and actually, most people are like, most people, especially in the media, they don't remember it. You know, Kat, I think there was a high point to all of this. And that was the introduction of the phrase P-tape. Oh, goes to Kat for the high point. I guess she's high. Um, I was talking about it openly, and I also didn't, <laughs> even if it was real, I didn't really have a problem with it. <laughs> so I thought you were going like, to turn that into another anti-cat parade. exchange of goods, why do I care? Yeah, exactly. Any Are you more questions? To... You just want to talk to me about pee. No, I don't. I was just uh, going to ask you what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, <laughs> I think it must be really nice mm-hmm. to be able to be this wrong mm-hmm. and this mean when you are wrong and not even, like, feel bad or do any self-examination. 
because um, I do too much self-examination, I think. Yes, you, you know, do. I feel I feel I feel bad when I do things wrong. They don't. It must be nice. Yes, it must be nice. What about you, Tyrus? Thoughts on this? You know, I was looking. This is the network that fired their election analyst for correctly calling Arizona for Joe Biden on election night. They fired. They fired their election analyst for doing a damn good job. Fox News was the first one to make the call for Arizona. Fox News actually did an excellent job covering elections, and they fired the fucking guy that got it right. I try to look at the whole, you know, they say look at the big picture. Right. And you look at that whole era of, uh, in, you know, the, the dossier and the, the Mueller report and all the criminals that were flushed out. But they were all Democrats. <clears throat> Cuomo, Avenatti, Steele dossier. What? You, like, Mueller, Republican, all the, all the fucking people were Republican, fucking... Uh, Jim Comey in the FBI was a Republican. What are you talking about? Everybody who came out to be heroes yeah. were bad guys. So, of course, the dossier wasn't real. Nothing through that entire period was real. And that's why they're not going to apologize because they'll just say, well, it's my truth. Right, as right, right. I saw it. At the time, mm-hmm. my so exactly. the such a specific and thing to make li- to be this wrong and this mean about it. I just want to point out that a study done this was published in 2012. Watching only Fox News makes you less informed than watching no news at all. Watching Fox News makes you less informed than watching no news at all. And the most informed people on this survey, if I remember correctly, were people that watched The Daily Show. And that's a sad fucking indictment of our media. But what do I know? Apparently, I fell for the bait of the Let's Go Brandon chants because I've been making fun of it. Anti-Biden conservative chant, let's go Brandon, is bait the left mistakenly took. If the lefty media pundits who set the conversational agenda want to avoid fueling the social media fire from the right, they need to calm down fast. This is a op-ed by Max Burns. Apparently a Democratic strategist. If reading the words, let's go, Brandon, drives you up a wall, well, then that's the plan. But it doesn't drive me up a wall. It makes me laugh. It makes me fucking laugh. I have one. Do I have one here? I've been posting a lot of Let's Grow Brandon memes. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me find a good one. Because <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's funny that the right has latched on to this. But the phrase sprang to life after NBC sports reporter Kelly Starvest 
Stavist. Fateful effort to interview auto racer Brandon Brown, who had just won his first NASCAR Infinities or Xfinity Series race. During the interview, a crowd behind Stavis could be heard loudly chanting, Fuck Joe Biden, a phrase Stavis interpreted for her audience as, Let's go, Brandon. Conservatives argued that Stavis's correction was further evidence that the national media was out to protect President Joe Biden. What? That's fucking stupid. Yes, yes, here is a perfect example of one of the Let's Go Brandon memes I have posted here lately. (laughs) I'm not triggered by it. Apparently, right-wingers think we're triggered. Pedophiles are using this phrase to identify each other online. Please be aware next time you see this. But the motivation behind uttering Let's Go Brandon rapidly moved beyond just expressing solidarity with other conservative opponents of the president. More important is its aim to provoke a reaction from Democrats who are all laughing at people that say Let's Go Brandon. Like, we're all laughing at how stupid you are. More outrageous and sputtering, the better if the lefty media pundits who set the conversational agenda, I don't think the lefty me one. If it sells advertising, it's not the left. It's a fucking corporatist media. And slanted to the right. The more outrageous and sputtering, the better. If the lefty media pundits who set the conversational agenda, that's the thing. The lefties don't set the conversational agenda. We talk about what the fucking right talks about all the time. I have to, I do this show based on what is trending in the media, and most of the time it's right-wing bullshit I'm smacking down as opposed to actual issues that I want to talk about. But I digress. If the lefty media pundits who set the conversational agenda want to avoid fueling the social media fire from the right, they need to calm down fast. Let's go, Brandon went viral in no small part because media outlets leapt at the chance to clutch their pearls over an F-bomb directed by... I don't think anybody cares. Really? And to pontificate on the supposed deeper meaning behind the spread of the phrase... Slate called the meme the new right-wing rallying cry. It is. They all have merchandise with uh, Let's Go Brandon on it. And NBC's Today Show referred to it as a battle cry. Once again, this is... There are a million, a million different right-wingers trying to do what I'm doing right now that all have their t-shirt stores like I have. All their t-shirt stores have Let's Go Brandon merchandise. That's what this is about. It's about grifting. You need to correctly identify. This isn't some deep, brilliant strategy by right-wingers. A couple of dumb fucks were like, Let's Go Brandon! And then all the rest of the dumb fucks were like, Let me make a t-shirt! And then all the dumb fucks were like, I'm going to buy the t-shirt! Right-wingers are morons. That's all this is about. 
Clinton White House Press Secretary Joe Lockhart compared the slogan to secret messages used by Nazis or the Ku Klux Klan. Well, that's stupid. But also, a Clinton White House uh, press secretary is probably not too smart on the current goings-on on social media. Probably a little out of touch. Why does the phrase, let's go, Brandon, get so many liberal-minded people so upset? It doesn't. It does and this is this is part of the fucking grift that you're writing this opinion column about how it makes people upset. I'm upset that you would insinuate that I'm upset about it. There's even a poll are Democrats overreacting to let's go Brandon. I don't even I don't even know what to do. Apparently, yes, most definitely uh, was winning in the poll. Fuck me. But hey, you want to know what Trump's thoughts are on the Let's Go Brandon chant? Let's find out, shall we? Because this should be fun. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes, and here's King Fool. These are a laughing stock all over the world. You just saw... What happened to Joe Biden on his travails in Europe? That wasn't good. He went to see the Pope. He was a little late. What the hell happened to him? They're all in on the stupid-ass right-wing rumor that he shit himself. Does anybody know what happened? Don't say it. And like, how how wild is this? That fucking Gutfeld would be indignant about the rumor of a P-tape. But yet they just run with the fact that they claim Biden shit himself. Even Gutfeld was making jokes about it. Without any evidence whatsoever. I still haven't figured out, was that young, attractive, female reporter, was she trying to cover up, or was she being nice? Did she not understand what was happening? Is this old, creepy, fucking perverted man coming on to a reporter as he's trying to slander her? She works for NBC, so it's about 94%. Shit does happen. I shit myself all the time. Well, Brandon's become... I make jokes about it on the internet after I shit myself. Nobody ever heard of her. Brandon's a story. But I still like the first phrase better somehow. It's more accurate. This motherfucker eats nothing but like Wendy's and McDonald's. You can't tell me he hasn't shit himself on multiple occasions. I don't eat fucking processed foods. They make such a big deal about it. And this this is like the Daily Wire posting this today. But hey, I took the bait by mocking it. 
You know what else I'm mocking? The fact that Howard Stern is floating a 2024 bid against Trump. Please, Howard, run in the Republican Party. I'm all for it. Fuck, fucking run in the fucking general. I'm, I'd, I'd vote for Howard. We could do worse than Howard fucking Stern. Howard Stern says he could launch a White House bid in 2024 against former President Trump, quipping that he knows he'll beat his ass. The XM host said on Tuesday that running for president could be his civic duty if Trump, who has repeatedly floated but not confirmed a 2024 bid, sought his second term. I would just sit there and play that fucking clip of him trying to fix the election over and over again, Stern said, referring to Trump's phone call in January with Brad Raffensperger, in which the then-president sought to persuade the Georgia Secretary of State of evidence of election fraud in the Peach State. There's no way I'd lose, Stern said. Stern's comments came as he riffed on topics ranging from the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and vaccine hesitancy to former Trump officials defying congressional subpoenas as part of the investigation into the events surrounding the January 6th Capitol riot. Maybe the Democrats could swap out Howard Stern for Joe Biden. What's on your radar? Because apparently, apparently, there are people talking about swapping out Joe Biden come 2024. This is a clip from The Hills Rising Apparently, we're going to hear from Kim Iverson, who I think is, I think she's a conservative and kind of dumb. Well, actually, this kind of goes along with what you were talking about on your radar. I'm not that familiar with her, but so far, everything I've seen has... Uh, time low. I feel like we keep saying this week after week, but each week it's been a little tepid. Worse. This past Sunday, a USA Today Suffolk poll put Biden's approval numbers... tepid the word I want. Yikes. The same poll put Trump three points higher at the end of his term in mid-January after the storming of the Capitol. Other polls don't have him doing quite as badly. Emerson College gives him 41% and Rasmussen gives him 42 I have been tepid towards it, Kim Iverson. Nearly half of those surveyed said he has done a Showing worse little job enthusiasm. than expected. And nearly two-thirds, 64%, say they don't want Biden to run for a second term, including 28% of Democrats. Wow. Now compare that to where Trump is. I, I want to push one representative, Katie Porter, to run in 2024. Even if Biden does want to run... Fucking primary his ass with Katie fucking Porter. That's my plan, and I think we need to get behind it. 58% of Americans, including 24% of Republicans, don't want him to run. So it's less popular for Biden to run again in 2024 than it is for Trump to run again. This is not good news for Democrats, and it's putting them... In I a hope you mean Kim Iverson and not uh, Katie Porter. Harris's ratings are even worse than yeah, She's a fantastic take machine. 10 points lower at 28%. The Independent reports that's lower than Dick Cheney's lowest rating of 30%. I mean, I get that Kamala Harris isn't that likable, but a lower approval rating than Dick Cheney, even... Well, we live in the era of social media. Casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan. And just right-wing assaults on Democratic politicians. 24-7. The date back from Trump's May deadline to August in order to have a more orderly evacuation. That didn't happen, but I don't know if anyone really thinks that was Kamala Harris's fault. I mean, sure, she was the last person in the room with Joe Biden, 
But it's doubtful people think she was the one calling the shots. So it's very bizarre that her ratings are even lower than Dick Cheney's. But nonetheless, again, this puts the Democrats in a very precarious position. If Joe Biden doesn't raise up his approval ratings in the next couple of years, which you would think is enough time. But then again, like I mentioned, week after week, these ratings keep getting lower. They're going to have to start scrambling to think of a replacement. That's right. Someone is going to have to replace Joe Biden as the nominee in 2024, and it doesn't look like it's going to be Kamala Harris. If this happens, it would absolutely be unprecedented. I don't think it's ever been done before, but the Democrats would have to find an entire... Oh my God, look at her list of people. Why? Holy shit. Carrie? Clinton? What? So let's think about who it could be. I know it's a long way away, but I guarantee you Democrats are already thinking about this. So why can't we... Now, of course, they'll have a primary with debates and the fanfare for the liberal media, which has suffered quite a bit since Trump left office. This will definitely be a boon to their ratings for CNN and MSNBC, which I'm sure they're salivating over. But the Democratic Party will for certain already. Even Fox is losing ratings right now. So let's go through some of the list. Pete Buttigieg is first. Horrible. The former South Bend, Indiana mayor and current secretary of transportation was at How in the fuck do you put together that list? Kim Iverson, that is a horrible list. None of those people will ever be president. Golden boy of the party. Lots of momentum surrounded his campaign after Kamala dropped out of the race, but he ran into trouble with the Southern black vote after it came out. He had some problematic racial policies back when he was mayor. His likability doesn't seem to be increased. There's also that fiasco in Iowa. Considering... We're having a major supply chain crisis threatening our economy, and he's busy trying to rehab his image by talking about... Stacey Abrams should have been the DNC chair. She's also one. By the way, fucking... In the state house in Georgia, Stacey Abrams led the charge fucking last Tuesday. Won like something like 30 fucking seats. Why this woman wasn't made the DNC chair... And allowed to work her magic on the national level is beyond me. I mean, I know why they picked Jamie Harrison from South Carolina, because he was able to raise a hell of a lot of money. And she doesn't have a lot of political... But if they wanted to win, this is the woman to put in charge. Voters want fresh and new. The problem with Abrams, though, might be that she might be viewed as too far left to get the moderate vote, and certainly too far left for independence. Now, Hillary Clinton, uh, do we think she'll really run again? Uh, No. We're probably more likely to see Michelle Obama run before Hillary jumps back into the fray. But now Michelle Obama. I doubt you'll see Michelle Obama. And to be honest, of anyone, I think she's probably the Democrats' best hope at reviving the party. She's smart. She's well-liked. She checks all the woke boxes. And George W. would probably campaign for her. She's well-liked? What the fuck are you talking about? And George Bush would campaign for her. That's supposed to be a good thing for a demo. Is she running in the Republican primary? Because if she wants to do that, I will encourage her to do that. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Who is this? Who gave this woman a job? What? What the fuck? Now make the argument for John fucking Kerry. 
for her, especially if Trump is the GOP nominee. She'd be viewed as a moderate, which would get independents and moderate Democrats. She'd get the Southern black vote. Not sure she'd get the progressive wing of the Democratic Party unless they feel pressured into voting for her because of her identity and beloved status within the party. Now, the party could go really beloved and bring back someone like John Kerry. He's sort of Biden-esque and was once the party's nominee. This would piss off progressives, but maybe the party thought ahead already by making him the nation's climate czar with climate change. I campaign for John fucking Kerry 17 years ago. After the party fucked me over on Howard Dean that year. being one of the progressive wing's most important issues, it would be hard to claim John Kerry isn't focused enough on this when he's the guy they designated to lead the charge. It almost seems pre-planned and a little too perfect. And no matter how dismal Biden's ratings may be, swapping out a sitting president doesn't seem likely. What's more likely is Kamala is swapped out for someone who they think might breathe life into the ticket and energize the vote. We could probably now, yeah, yes, she's right on that one. That's possible. Abrams ticket in the future or maybe even a Biden Michelle Obama ticket if people press hard enough. But how they move Kamala out and someone else in will be a very interesting thing to watch. Uh, so, Ryan, do you think they're actually going to go for this? Do you think they'll swap? Thank you. Out? Somebody with some sense. Ryan Grimm. I'm not going to run again in four years. Say something smart. I think if he's healthy enough to run, he's going to run. Uh, and I think, yes, they will try to swap swap Paris out because they'll. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I, Merkin, uh, like, fucking, that's, that's another thing. I lived through that shit where they smeared the fucking. War veteran, the decorated war veteran, <laughs> as being too much of a hippie for the draft dodger, as being and, and like the the fucking GOP is still seen as as the best on national security, even though Bush was the one that let nine eleven happen. It blows my mind, and that's one of the reasons why I'm into politics today because I lived through that shit. I was president of the Young Republicans in high school. I campaigned for Bush in 2000. I could not vote yet. I could vote the next year. I did not I did not get to vote in the 2000 presidential election. By 2004, I'd already become radicalized. Basically, I smoked pot and got laid and realized, fuck, I'm not a conservative. God damn. <laughs> Those people are stupid. So by 2004, I was very hardcore into politics. I campaigned for Howard Dean in the primary. I can't believe he fucking lost. I can't believe I had to campaign for John Kerry in 2004. Fuck, I lived through all of that shit, man. And when we invaded Iraq, like, I had been out doing something. I can't remember what it was. I had just gotten home. I made myself a fucking sandwich. I'm sitting at the bar of my mom's house. It's like 1130, midnight, one o'clock, whatever the fuck it is. I sit down with my fucking sandwich and my, my phone goes off. My work phone. Because I worked for a radio station. And it was the program director like, Hey, can you get out to the station? Go ahead and take ABC News. The shit's hit the fan. We're invading. I had sat down to watch an episode of fucking South Park at like midnight on a Sunday night. Had to go and fucking turn on ABC News as we invaded Iraq. 
I remember that being the biggest fucking bull. I was I was already anti-war at this point in time, and I'm just three years removed from being president of the Young Republicans. All that entire period shaped the rest of my life, and I've only gotten more radical because of it. I that's a that's a good question, Dip, because I mean. A lot of people think that Dick Cheney was actually the one pulling the strings. Having read a couple of um, books about the Bush administration, it seemed by the end that Bush didn't like the power that Cheney wielded and the two of them were at odds with each other in the in the last couple of years. So, ah, but reminiscing about the Bush administration, that's something for another time. Let's look forward. Democrats, please stop running for office. Nancy Pelosi, please don't run for re-election. She probably is. She probably has already announced. And I will support her opponent again. Chuck Schumer, go the fuck away. Dianne Feinstein, go the fuck away. Joe Biden, go the fuck away. Please, please. We need to elect some communists. We need, I want a more diverse uh, uh, set of elected officials that actually represent us. I'm okay. Let's get more dumb fuck libertarians in office. Let's get communists in office. Let's get people from the DSA. Let's get people from the Green Party. But now a lot of changes that we have to make to our electoral system requires us to take over one of the parties and make those changes, though. And that's the reason why I am so adamant about voting Democrat. Just because we got to take over that party and change so that we got to get a ballot where there is runoff voting. Runoff voting would would be the best thing for us to be able to get more parties into power. I they're stupid but like at least overall like I bash on libertarians on a lot of things but like I have to watch cuz sometimes they are on the right side especially when it comes to like cop deaths and shit. Like they're very anti-cop. I can we can find some ground on that. They're anti-FBI, they're anti-NSA. I we can do some shit with some libertarians. I just want more diverse people in office period. Yeah, and drugs and shit, and guns. Like, overall, I tend to agree with libertarians. Now, I want, I want to, I, I have a hard on for goddamn Spike Cohen. I know everybody thinks it's, it's Dan Crenshaw because I want to piss in Dan Crenshaw's eye so bad. Give me that eye, pussy, Crenshaw. But I have a hard on for Spike Cohen. Yes, the 15% flat tax is so dumb, so regressive. I want to have an argument with Spike Cohen so he can like look up my nostrils while we're doing it. I fucking Ryan Grimm, will you please say something smart back to Kim Iverson who just had one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. John fucking Kerry running for president again. Up. Now, 
they would do that. What are they going to say? Well, they would have to swap in um, somebody like Abrams because you cannot, you know, just you, you certainly can't kick a black woman off the ticket for a white guy. Like yes, that. yes, Ryan Grimm is correct. Stacey Abrams is not going to be any more popular, I don't think, than Kamala Harris, maybe even less popular. Stacey you know Abrams what? is a much more effective politician, you think though. think so? Yeah, and and comes really off Stacey Abrams is probably going to be the governor of Georgia, though. When that woman speaks, I went to the Democratic uh, the debate in Georgia, and, I mean, she, she was up there speaking. She kind of did a pre, you know, for the crowd only. Or maybe it was televised, actually, her speech. But she's fantastic at speaking. So I do the, think The Democrats will... need someone who refuses to concede <laughs> in, the, in, their, uh, in their corner. Uh, no, I, I, will bet, I will bet either of you any amount of money, and by any amount I mean $20, that it will be Joe Biden <laughs> and Kamala Harris in 2024, and then Kamala Harris will be the Democratic nominee in 2028. That's my... No uh, way. That's my... I would say he's right on the first part that, you know, I'd take that $20 bet that uh, it's going to be Biden-Harris in 2024. I don't think... If it's Biden-Harris in 2024 and things go the way they're going and and the Democrats do not deliver in any meaningful way, it's... I worry about what's going to happen. I really do. But 2024, 2028 is a long way out. Oh, shit. The prosecution has wrapped up its case in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Let's hear the local news hit here. For news, what's up? I'm Jason DeRussia. Minneapolis firefighters rescued a man from a burning house. What's up? <laughs> he just starts, starts off. What's up? Maybe the, maybe this isn't about Rittenhouse. What the fuck? I saw the flames coming from that home on Russell Avenue North. Firefighters. So they just put a video in here that had nothing to do with the story that we we're reading. Fantastic. First man killed by Kyle Rittenhouse in the streets of Kenosha was shot at a range of just a few feet and had soot injuries that couldn't indicate. He had his hand over the barrel of Rittenhouse's rifle, a pathologist testified on Tuesday. But it was unclear from video footage whether Joseph Rosenbaum was grabbing for Rittenhouse's gun or trying to swat it away, said the witness. Uh, Kelly was one of the final witnesses for the state before prosecutors rested in their murder case after five and a half days of testimony that were aimed at portraying Rittenhouse as the aggressor, but often bolstered the young man's claim of self-defense. His lawyers have suggested the 17-year-old was afraid his gun would be taken away and used against him. I do not understand how Rittenhouse gets to claim everybody else made him fear for his life so he was justified in his actions and nobody else was allowed to fear for their lives with an illegally armed kid with an assault weapon. It makes no sense to me. Defense then began presenting its side, calling its first witness uh, people who were on the streets with Rittenhouse at night and described him as a pale, shaking, sweating, and stammering after the shooting. He repeats, I just shot someone over and over, and I believe at some point he said he had to shoot someone, testified at Nicholas Smith, 
who said he had gone to the protest that shook Kenosha that night at the request of the owners of a car dealership to protect the business. My God, my life might be over. Another witness, Joanne Field, uh, Fiedler, quoted Rittenhouse as saying, I hope your life is over, dude. You fucking shot people. Said he didn't give any details about what happened, but told her he had to do it. Rittenhouse, now 18, killed two men and wounded a third during a night of turbulent demonstration against racial injustice in Kenosha in the summer of 2020. Former police youth cadet from Antioch, Illinois, had gone to Kenosha with an AR-style semi-automatic rifle and a medical kit in what he said was an effort to protect property from uh, the damaging protests that broke out over the shooting of Jacob Blake. Rittenhouse could get life in prison if convicted on the most serious charge against him. Surely, surely he's going to get convicted of illegal possession of a firearm because he's dead to rights on that one. And I just don't know how you can claim self-defense with a weapon you're illegally armed with. On Tuesday, the jury watched drone video that was zoomed in and slowed down to show Rosenbaum following Rittenhouse and then Rittenhouse wheeling around and shooting Rosenbaum at close range. Kelly, the pathologist, said Rosenbaum was shot four times by someone who was within four feet of him. He testified that Rosenbaum was first wounded in the groin and then in the hand and thigh as he faced Rittenhouse and then was shot in the head and in the back. Those final two shots were at a downward angle, the pathologist said. So he shot him in the groin, in the hand, in the arm, and he fell to the ground. Then he got shot in the head. Prosecutors have said this indicates that Rosenbaum was falling forward, while defense attorney Mark Richard said Rosenbaum was lunging. Kelly said both scenarios were possible. Kelly also said Rosenbaum's hand was in close proximity or in contact with the end of that rifle. Richards pointed out small injuries from soot on Rosenbaum's hand and said, so that hand was over the barrel of Mr. Rittenhouse's gun when his hand was shot. Drone footage was the clearest video yet of the shooting that set in motion the bloodshed that followed moments later. Rittenhouse killed Anthony Huber, a 26-year-old protester, seen on video clubbing Rittenhouse with a skateboard. Rittenhouse then wounded Gage Grosskrotz, a 27-year-old protester and volunteer medic who was shot after pointing his own gun at Rittenhouse. Now, that's not exactly true. He said he unholstered his gun. Fedler, the defense witness, was with Rittenhouse outside the car dealership just before the first shooting and said they were being shouted at and taunted by protesters, including Rosenbaum. But Fiddler said, uh, who said she carried a pistol, testified she never saw Rittenhouse threaten or point his gun at anyone. So, once again, this trial is expected to wrap up probably next week. We will have the verdict whenever... I fuck, we might do closing arguments too. Might have to carry the closing arguments live. Alright, this is Dave Portnoy. The dude from Barstool Sports. 
Went on Tucker Carlson to claim cancel culture, I'm sure. Let's hear what he has to say. They won't even discuss it. They print and run. They print and run. It's disgusting in its character assassination. My lawyers have said, just let it go. It'll go away. I'm not going to let it go. Oh, the Daily Wire cut this up of a Fox News appearance. So I guess the rules are they don't like your posture, the cut of your jib, your attitude. You don't take orders, so they send some. Sleazy website digs into Portnoy's sex life. How many times have we seen Fox News dig into people's sex lives? Little robot to snoop around in your personal life. Don't find anything illegal, but print all this stuff anonymously about your sex life and then try to destroy you. Like, these are the rules now? Seems at eight months. So I've heard about this uh, article, this hit piece that they had in the works for eight months. I'm talking everybody that was attached to me on social media, people I didn't even know, people who talked about me, every single person attached to me, this reporter reached out and basically had leading questions. Hey, any dirt on Dave Portnoy, anything bad to find? They found virtually nothing. Two examples, I'd argue, uh, both which I've unequivocally provided proof that they're not telling the truth. Beyond that, not only me, there's one instance, there's an actual police report that reads like it's from The Onion. I'm basically accused of going to a local cookie shop um, with a different girl every few days. So that is the gist of it, how they are allowed to publish this. And they couch it in a very, I guess, I guess smart for them. They never accuse me of anything. They just lead you to water and want you to drink. Well, they have Matt Gates on all the time and don't dig into his sex life. Not knowing me, like, ooh, this is a bad guy. If you dig into it, there's absolutely nothing there. They reach out to their app. I'm pretty sure just like, I don't know anything about you, Portnoy. But just given your dude bro reputation, I uh, I kind of tend to believe the accusations, which is apparently that these women had consensual relationships with you, but like you got a little physical with them, you stepped over the line. Our advertisers, as you say, said, "Hey, are you advertising with Dave? Because we're going to write an article about how bad he is. What's the proof? Our own article. I've offered them the chance to discuss it with me with their own cameras, their own recorders, as many people as they want." to have a discussion so we can go back and forth. I can say, hey, these facts directly dispute what you wrote. They won't do it. Okay, what he's talking about is the reason why he got suspended from Twitter today, apparently. We're going to go to the Daily Mail. I always hate it because it's full of fucking advertisements. But I got to admit, they usually got the dirt. What the fuck? Maybe we won't go to the Daily Mail. Uh, it looks like the Daily Mail is down right now. Weird. Oh, I did see where apparently Comcast is having some issues and there are intermittent internet outages across the country. I don't know if this is connected to that. This is the second site that I haven't been able to pull up, but apparently Bornoy got 
suspended from Twitter. He's tried to talk to the editor. Maybe it's the general manager. I don't know because I can't pull up the story. Apparently, he published their email exchange. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the this is one of the this is one of the bad parts about the fact that I don't read the news before I come on here is like I got no fucking clue. I read the headline, kind of got an idea of what was going on. I can't explain it to you because I didn't read the shit. But also, like, dude, bro, fuck him. Let's move on to the uh, Astro World Festival and the update on it. Apparently, the insurance money is not going to be enough to cover the claims from all the families who died or were injured. But one of the crazier things that have come out from this is that Houston police said a security guard felt a prick in the neck, but it provided no other evidence that anyone was stabbed with drugs. Drug experts say it's unlikely that an Astro World Festival attendee began mass stabbing people with syringes filled with a mystery drug, a theory bolstered by Houston police seemingly without evidence. Eight people, including a 14-year-old boy, died Friday at the festival in Houston, which was organized by rapper Travis Scott. Scott was performing as people in the crowds were being crushed to death. Scott has since released a video statement saying he is working with local authorities. He and entertainment giant Live Nation have been hit with at least one lawsuit linked to the festival, which Houston Fire Chief Samuel Pena called a mass casualty incident. This is Houston police chief talking about the stab in the neck. One of the narratives was that some individual was injecting other people with drugs. We do have a report of a security. Are your remotes not working? The medical staff. The internet's being weird tonight. That he was reaching over to uh, restrain or grab a citizen and he felt a prick in his neck. When he was examined, he went unconscious. They administered Narcan. He was revived, and the medical staff did notice a prick that was similar to um, a, a prick that you would get if somebody's trying Release to... Release a toxicology report. Part of it. The other thing that's very important, there were some individuals that were trampled, and we want to be respectful of that. But we just asked. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The people that died. Oh, yeah. And there were some people that were trampled. We're really concerned about our bullshit story of a cop getting stabbed in the neck with some drugs. Holy shit. But, oh, and some people got trampled. Now, apparently, Travis Scott took a lot of uh, flack for not stopping the concert. But there is footage now that has emerged. Uh, where he apparently called for an ambulance and was waiting for, like, a signal. Because, like, I get... As someone who's been on stage before, I can tell you, you usually can't you usually can't see the audience. Especially at a, at a big venue somewhere at, like, open air at night. It's an ambulance in the whoa, whoa. Yeah, he took some flack for apparently 
not stopping the concert, but like here we do have footage of him being concerned for the fans. So if I portrayed that last night that he was uncaring, I'm sorry about that. So good on him. He's calling for an ambulance, and he he has stopped. But also, like, it's not on him. It's on the security. It's on the cops at the venue. That's who should have been. What's up, dude? Cat down there. What's up, Socrates? He don't care about you. But I feel like that's what the I feel like that's what the cops are trying to cover their asses with the fentanyl thing. He told the crowd to put middle fingers up for the ambulance. Well, that's some bullshit. Thank you, Morgan. I I didn't get that from the clip, but also like. We're still figuring out exactly what happened. It cut off right before he said it then, if that's the if that's in that clip. If he was antagonistic towards the crowd and was egging them on, then he does indeed bear responsibility. He bears responsibility because he was one of the organizers of the festival. It's a sad situation, especially as as someone who loves concerts. I hate to see that happen. I'm also, I've been mocking all the metalheads that are like, that never happened at one of our shows. God damn it! <laughs> um, I, WDRB is apparently... There are websites that are down right now. I don't know what's going on. There are issues with the internet. Uh, This story was a follow-up on the story from Hazard, Kentucky, where the students were lap dancing on the faculty. Apparently, the principal was reprimanded. Not fired, reprimanded. I mean, it's it's like explaining this to you without like the visuals. The students were lap dancing on <laughs> on the faculty. Does this website work? Here we go. Hazard principal. Two other school officials are reprimanded for a controversial homecoming event. This video is not available. A Kentucky high school principal and two other employees received written reprimands for a homecoming event that included male students giving lap dances uh, to staff and girls dressing like Hooters waitresses, according to a published report. I don't have the... I don't have... 
pictures to show you guys to go with this. But believe me, it actually happened. There are the there are the girls dressed as hooters. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There you go. There's the pictures of the students giving lap dances to the faculty. This is the principal of the school and the mayor of the town who apparently just received a reprimand. Some of the photos showed the teen boys dressed in women's lingerie while teen girls were dressed as hooter servers. The other photos show the same teen boys dancing on faculty members. The reprimands that said all three exhibited poor professional judgment and that you allowed a student led skit to reach an inappropriate level. All three were required to attend training approved by the school district. Motherfuckers. I know of a teacher that was fired for assigning a Ta-Nehisi Coates essay. Because they said it was critical race theory. And this motherfucker just gets a written reprimand after having students lap dance on it? What the fuck is wrong with this world? Jesus Christ. All right, let's hope my bird video works. Yes, yes, here you go. This is a bird photobombing a traffic camera. Apparently he's a little shy. Doesn't want to be seen all at once. (laughs) Is that like a parakeet or some shit? Fuck, Twitch ain't working right. He's just a little shy. <laughs> he might be scared of his reflection. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about birds. Uh yeah guys, Twitch is not um Twitch is not being cooperative right now. I can't even pull up the main page of Twitch. Oh, I bet. But I also, those traffic cameras, they haven't been wiped in a century. Oh, you stop with your copyrighted music. Uh, it usually works better than this. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, I'm not going to be able to dump you anywhere, but I encourage you to go check out Echoplex. I don't know if they're on yet. Unelectable Airwaves. you got plenty of great streamers. Sansol, USA Hole, Poly People, Riverboat Jack. I haven't rated Riverboat Jack in a long time. 
The bird is cracking me up. I encourage you guys to go hang out with one of them because that's where I would have dumped you. $27. Proudly radical. Somebody like that. Oh, wow, Dustin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't even go to the front page. I can't pull up the... You, uh, an Amazon parrot. I thought you were going to say like uh, something about Amazon is the reason why Twitch isn't working. <laughs> it could like it could be like Amazon hosting that is fucking shit up. There were several websites that I could not access. But uh, but hey, I'm sorry you guys have had a hard time uh, with the Twitch. My apologies. I'll be back tomorrow. It, internet be willing. Maybe maybe we finally got that solar flare we were supposed to get last week. It's knocked the internet out for us. Yeah, I've, I've tried to kill time while Twitch tries to load up, and it's, it's not working. So, um, yeah, go ahead, light one up, dip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live if Twitch still works.